0: You're listening to the Pursue God Men's Podcast, the official channel for biblical manhood at PursueGod.org. Find resources to talk about it with your family,
1: men's group, or mentor at PursueGod.org forward slash men. Well, hey, man, today we're starting a brand new series called Breakthrough Disciplines. And we're going to be spending over the next five weeks, we're going to be spending time talking about what uh what we would call spiritual disciplines uh that can really impact our lives and john i think for some men coming to this podcast today they might say what like that sounds old fashioned to think about spiritual disciplines or or maybe even some people would say okay well this starts this is starting to sound a little bit legalistic or you know what where where's the grace you know i thought coming to faith in jesus means we're just free and we're just you know there's just so much Liberty and so whenever I think about a discipline um, maybe some of the guys coming to this are like I don't know if I want to do this series I don't know what would you say to that
0: well I would say spiritual disciplines could be legalistic right if if you think spiritual disciplines are how you earn your approval from God or or they're just a checkbox to you uh, yeah you you could allow legalism to creep in to these spiritual disciplines but The reality is these are timeless principles that are still valuable for us today. You know, Christians have been using spiritual disciplines to draw closer to God since the beginning of the church, since the beginning, well, even prior to that, prior to even Jesus coming and taking on flesh, even in the Old Testament, you see spiritual disciplines where people would use these to draw near to God. So I do think that's a great question to ask you know, is this, is this old-fashioned? Is this legalistic? And again, I guess my answer would say it could be. So what, what's your heart in this? So really, man, as we're going through this, our heart, and I hope your heart, is that these spiritual disciplines, we're not doing these just for the disciplines in and of themselves. These are more of a means to an end, and the end isn't the discipline. The end is to draw closer to Jesus. The end is to have more of Him in your life. It's to be able to hear his voice more clearly. It's to be able to build the level of trust you have in him. And it, it is the word discipline, right, Brian? So it, it's not easy. It, it's something that takes time. We, you know, we do have to work at it. Uh, and I will say we're gonna go through four specific disciplines starting in next week's podcast, but this isn't an exhaustive list. There are a lot more we could do, but I think these are four that are foundational, that really every man could develop and benefit from. And and as we start digging into these, what we really hope you'll experience is breakthrough. That through these spiritual disciplines, you'll have a breakthrough in your relationship, not only with God, but breakthrough in other relationships. That you would have breakthrough if there are areas in your life where you have bondage, uh, that you'd have breakthrough and finding where your significance comes from, that your significance comes from Jesus Christ. And, and I do think that men, we're used to thinking about discipline. It's something we grew up with. You know, we, we want to exercise a certain amount of self-control in our lives. That's really discipline. I would imagine a lot of our listeners have some sort of routine of going to the gym or going for a run or you know, doing push-ups or whatever that is, that's that's discipline. So really, guys, you're already engaging in disciplines, and hopefully you're already engaging in some spiritual disciplines. But if not, we hope that this is going to give you the encouragement to get some started. And again, I just want to say that the disciplines themselves aren't the end goal. This is a means to an end. It's a means to grow closer to Jesus.
1: Yes, some of you men listening— are still struggling with a porn addiction or or maybe some other things in your life that you've, you know, you're a follower of Jesus, you've trusted him for salvation, but man, you still have kind of like this Romans 7 situation going on where Paul says, I, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I, I don't want to do, I end up doing those things. And so to me, that just describes this habit that so many men, young and old, can fall into. And that, you know, you said breakthrough, John, that's, that's what we're talking about today is that when you, when you learn the power of spiritual disciplines, and again, these, these aren't new things. These are things that Christians have practiced. In some cases, Jesus himself practiced some of these disciplines. Most of the, I guess, probably all of these disciplines. When you recognize, wait, these are spiritual disciplines that are timeless, that are intended for me to, to experience breakthrough in in these areas of life, man, this is what we're talking about. So some of you, for some of you, you you might have spent some time in some of the other topics in our library about addiction and porn or whatever. Well, this this series actually might end up being the key for you because these, these spiritual disciplines, when practiced in your life, really can lead to spiritual breakthrough. And John, I think it's probably good for us to start here at the beginning of this series with a definition. So let's let's make sure that we talk about what a spiritual discipline is. And, and we're going to just really like simplify this for men. So men, here it is. We're going to give you like the simplest, easiest to understand definition of a spiritual discipline. Here's what it is. It's a purposeful habit that draws us closer to Jesus. I'll say it again. It's a, a spiritual discipline is a purposeful habit. That's all a discipline is. It's a habit. And the purpose is to draw us closer to Jesus.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned two, two key words in what it is, purposeful and habit. So to develop any kind of discipline, including a spiritual discipline, it has to be purposeful. It it will not happen by accident, guys. You, you won't just magically have a habit of spending time in prayer with God every day. Uh, and like habits— disciplines take time to form so you've got to be purposeful about it and you've got to be willing to hang in there right you know you have to be in it for the long run so to speak because it's it's not going to ha- happen overnight and then that's the what what is the why or what what's the result of this spiritual discipline it draws us closer to jesus so again a spiritual discipline is a purposeful habit that draws us closer to jesus and really I like to think of it as, as a new way of prioritizing. So if I'm going to develop, again, any sort of habit, whether it's related to what I'm eating or whether it's related to the amount of exercise I'm getting or you know if, if I want to be reading a book about how to be a better dad or whatever it is, I'm going to have to look at my calendar. I'm going to have to look at my schedule and I'm likely going to have to reprioritize some things. And again, I just want to remind you guys, the goal of the discipline, the goal of doing that isn't—it's not just to be more disciplined, it's not just to check a box, it's because through these spiritual disciplines, you and I are going to experience more of Jesus.
1: Jesus said this in John 15, starting in verse 4, "'Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine.' And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing.
0: Jesus essentially repeats the same command two verses in a row. So verse 4, he says, remain in me and I will remain in you. So remain in me, that's, that's a command. He's telling them to do something. And then he tells them why. Hey, because a branch can't produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you can't be fruitful unless you remain in me. Then he turns around and repeats the command, but instead of focusing on the negative, instead of focusing on the fact that you can't bear fruit if you don't remain in me, he focuses on the positive. And he says, you will bear fruit if you do remain in me. I I was... I don't know, Brian. I'd probably been a Christian for 25, 30 years before the power of of that verse really hit me that there's a there's a command in there, but there's a promise in there for us as believers. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. He doesn't say that you might bear fruit if you remain in him. He doesn't say that you have the opportunity to and he says, "No, if you remain in me, like if you are really abiding in me and I'm abiding in you, you will bear fruit. So if we remain in him, he promises to remain in us. Now, maybe some of our listeners have had a a valley in their life, if you want to call it, where you just felt distant from God. You felt distant from Jesus. I've had those times. And what those verses tell me is that I was the one who moved. Anytime I feel distant from Jesus, it's not his fault. It's my fault. Because he promises, if I remain in him, he will remain in me. And, and so, guys, if you're, if you're feeling distant now, the enemy, the enemy is going to say, yeah, you don't deserve to be close to Jesus. Look at you. You're far from him. You've wandered. The, the more we understand God's grace, the more that when we feel distant, it pushes us to him, not away from him. So I, I just want to encourage you, you were never remaining in Jesus because you were worthy. That was never the case. It, it's all about His worthiness and His character. I think a lot of us, particularly as men, we just want to get right to the fruit part. I just want to see the results, man. Just tell me what to do. You know, let, let me do it. Let me, let me just do it. Let me see the results. But this verse is such a powerful reminder to me that if I get the remaining part right, the fruit will come. It's a natural byproduct of being connected to the vine. So don't don't focus on the fruit. Focus on the connecting. Focus on the remaining. Focus on on these spiritual disciplines that we're going to go through, and the fruit will happen. And, And the scary thing is, Brian, there's no promise if we try to do it the reverse way there, there's no promise to the reverse of that is true. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, if you focus on bearing enough fruit, you'll be connected to Jesus. That's a little scary to me, right? In fact, Jesus says the opposite in Matthew 7. He says, hey, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We perform many miracles. So that, that's fruit. And he will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. That's That's such a a reminder to me that I just need to focus on the being part and not the doing part, because if I am being connected to the vine, if I'm remaining in him, the fruit will come. And I I remember actually delivering a sermon on this passage a few years ago, and I kind of nerded out a little bit and just really got into the, the original Greek language in this passage. And one of the ways that the word remain in this verse can be translated is to tarry with. Now we don't we don't use the word Terry a lot in our culture, but I think we know what it means. It's, and for what it did for me, I, I remember it made me think back to when I was dating my wife. Remember when you were dating your wife and you just couldn't say goodbye? You know, you know, maybe you're on the porch, and and I'm not just talking about the goodnight kiss, although that was hard to end too. <laughs> I'm talking about just you just <laughs> wanted to be in her presence. You know, you just you just wanted to hang out five more minutes, man. If I just could have five more minutes with her or maybe even that friend that you run into at the grocery store and and you know if you see them it's going to be a 30 minute conversation. You can't just say hi because you enjoy being in their presence. You know that's that's the same way that that my relationship with Jesus should be. I should just I should just be like Jesus can I just get 5 more minutes? You know I'm I'm wrapping up my prayer time, I'm wrapping up my time in the word and I'm just like man I wish I wish I just had 5 more minutes. And and I remember when I when I was doing this study of this passage, I that probably didn't describe my relationship with Jesus. I wasn't longing to hang out with him for five more minutes. And I remember just asking God to give me a greater understanding of how much he loved me, a great understanding of how much Jesus has done for me. I, you know, how hopelessly lost I am without him. And there are still some times when, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm probably just checking the box because I have done these spiritual disciplines long enough in my life to know there's value in them. And, and I, I tend to be a rule follower by nature. So there are times when I just check the box, but as I've gotten older, more and more of my spiritual disciplines are just because I want to be with Jesus. I just want to hang out with him.
1: Yeah, John. And I bet some of our listeners, you know, we're, we're, we decided to do this series on the men's podcast, not on the family podcast, because, I think men have a probably have a harder time with exercising spiritual disciplines than women do. I think young men, my son has a harder time with spiritual disciplines than my daughter does. My daughter is more is and I, I'm it's not necessarily a gender thing here, but I do think that men tend to be a little more driven, men tend to be wired, I'm certainly I have a harder time with spiritual disciplines than my wife does. So even just hearing, listening to what you were saying right there, I'm thinking about that through the ears of the average guy listening to the podcast. And they're probably saying, You want to be with Jesus? Like that sounds almost feminine. But man, I, I wanna I wanna remind you that John's one of the manliest guys I know. And what, John, what you're talking about is what Jesus was doing with God the Father. That there's something about you, how how did you say? It? There's something about the being that precedes the doing, and if we if we try to make our lives all about the doing, man, I'm talking to you here. If you're making your life all about the doing, which is me, my my love language is acts of service, and so I'm a doer, a doer, a doer, and I ha- this this series is for me. I probably need to do this series every year, just a reminder to myself that that the doing flows from the being from being connected not the other way around
0: well think of it this way brian if the doing doesn't come from the being then then that doing is your own power if i'm not being filled up with jesus you know time with him and and praying to him and hearing from him and reading his word if i'm then all the doing that i'm out there in the world doing it that's that's for me and man i will run dry i will burn out i will get frustrated not i still get frustrated sometimes when it is jesus working through me so i know for me how critical it is to get the being part you know just just this last week um last week i was prepping a sermon on spiritual authority and and i had all these ups and downs in the week and and I was feeling a little behind, and I could tell that I was more focused last week on the doing. Now, from the outside looking in, nobody else probably knew that, but man, I could just feel it. I could feel it in my spirit. And, and by the end of the week, I was honery. You know, I was like a grouchy bear, you know, and, and the, the world didn't know that, but I tell you who probably sensed it my wife and kids. You know, because they were they were with me. They they heard the grumbling under my breath. They heard the complaining. So I I know again, guys, I know it's tempting to want to focus on the doing, but man, we gotta start with the being.
1: Yeah, go back to that passage, John 15. Remember, this is what Jesus is saying: remain in me. I'll remain in you. It's talking about being, being connected, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And so this passage from John 15 connects to one of Paul's letters Galatians 5. Here's the fruit that I think in part here's the fruit that Jesus is talking about. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5:22 but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Here's the list guys. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so if we combine these two passages, Jesus is saying, if you remain in me, you'll produce fruit. Paul is saying, here's what that fruit looks like, love, joy, peace, patience, etc." So what that means is if you, want, if you want more of this stuff in your life, love, joy, peace, patience, which again, someone to argue those aren't really manly traits. <laughs> they should be. That's how Jesus lived. That's, those are the things that Jesus embodied. But so many men don't embody these things, and the reason is because you're because we're not remaining in Christ.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I appreciate your your compliment earlier that I'm a manly man or one of the manliest men, you know. But yeah, Jesus, Jesus was the biggest stud of all time. <laughs> I mean, and and look at these look at these fruits that were in Jesus's life: love, joy, peace. You know. It, Scripture says for the joy set before him he endured the cross I can't even get my mind around that 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 knowing he was going to the cross because he knew it was obeying the will of the father and because he knew it would bring redemption for those who would put their faith in him that brought him joy his patience man none of us would be here today if god wasn't patient with us <laughs> his kindness his goodness faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, like those should be, and those should be manly traits. You know, when, when we think of the, the the toughest guy we know, those should be the things that we think about. Who doesn't want more of those things in your life? Even if you don't think they sound manly right now, you want them in your life. You can pretend you don't, but there's not a guy listening that wouldn't want more love and joy and peace in his life. And we've titled this series Breakthrough because these spiritual disciplines can bring you breakthrough. But imagine the breakthroughs you would have in your relationships if you, men, if you don't, don't think about your wife, don't think about your girlfriend, don't think about that coworker that's hard to get along with. If you had more love, joy, kindness, and patience, what would that do with your relationships? Imagine the breakthroughs you could have with addictions or with bad habits if you had more self-control. Imagine the breakthroughs you could have with anxiety or depression if you had more peace. So there's breakthrough in so many different areas of life when we start to bear the fruits of the Spirit. When we, when we remain, when we're connected and the Holy Spirit begins to produce this fruit in our lives— you will experience breakthrough in a lot of areas. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's an awesome thing.
1: Okay, I can hear a guy saying, John, right now, okay, hold, this This is start, starting to sound, kind of like we said at the beginning, this is starting to sound legalistic now. So you're, you're telling me God's gonna withhold his favor. He's gonna withhold some of these things from my life unless I earn them unless I work for them, unless I work for love, joy, like there's no, gu- you just said, John, there's no guarantee unless I remain in him. So for some people, that might be a little confusing because it sounds maybe a little bit too close to like works-based righteousness, like like spiritual disciplines are about earning God's favor. What, how would you answer that?
0: Well, I would say Spiritual disciplines are absolutely not about earning God's favor. We don't, we don't do any of this to earn God's favor. You know, The Bible says that when you and I put our faith in Jesus Christ and we trust him, that his righteousness is poured out on us, like it, it's imputed to us. So when God looks at you, God looks at you through the perfection of the blood of Jesus Christ. So you, you can't earn any more favor from God than you already have. And think again about that word remaining there's no there's no work in remaining. I don't work to remain the the vine that's connect or excuse me the branch that's connected to the vine isn't working to bear fruit. Again, the fruit just happens because of the remaining part because it's connected to the vine. so the purpose of these spiritual disciplines is not. I mean, it's not even really for breakthrough. Break, breakthrough is the byproduct. The purpose of it is to experience more of Jesus, to experience more of God. And then as we do that, we're going to experience the fullness of life that comes from Jesus.
1: So really, this is I think this is what Paul, the Apostle Paul, learned. Because here was a guy who, you know, before he met Jesus, he was a legalistic follower of God. He thought he was serving the right God, and then he he runs into Jesus on the road to Damascus and realizes that he's he's on the he's playing for the wrong team that he, you know, all of the things that he had done, all of his accomplishments as a Pharisee. I'm, I'm sure Paul was really good at the spiritual disciplines, whatever his list looked like, certainly it included reading scriptures and things like that. So he was an expert on all that stuff. Paul Saul, who later then became known as Paul, Paul learned this secret. He learned, he, he learned what you're saying, John, that it's actually not about the checklist. It's about having a relationship with Jesus himself. He says in Philippians 3, verse 7, I once thought all these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Everything else is worse, worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. So this is really the picture. Paul's a perfect example. He's like the man's man in a sense. He's For any of the guys who are out there listening to this who are um, kind of like doers instead of beers, like me, John, probably like you, I think this, Paul's a great example because he experienced breakthrough in his life when he realized it wasn't at all about his pedigree, his checklist. It was all about being connected to Jesus.
0: Yeah, if we were to back up just a couple of verses, just to put it in context, before Paul says this, he listed all the reasons that he would have to be confident in his own efforts and in his own works. Basically, he just said, if you think you have a reason to, to boast in your works, I've probably got more reasons. <laughs> you know, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees, and he talks about being from the tribe of Benjamin. And he says, I used to think these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless. Some translations say, I count them as loss. So Paul chose to count them as worthless. They, they actually weren't worthless in and of themselves. I mean, Our works aren't bad things, but they, they are worthless if we're doing them hoping to earn some sort of approval from God. So I want to say that again, guys. We're not saying that good works are bad. We're not saying that the doing is bad. But the Bible is very clear. If you're doing because you're trying to earn God's approval, because you're trying to earn God's favor, you're doing, it's like filthy rags. There's, there's nothing good about it if that's the hope you have in your doing. So again, focus on the being, focus on the remaining, and let the doing just flow out of that. You know sometimes people equate developing spiritual disciplines, I think is a way of of almost indebting God to them. I think this is something we have to be very careful of, especially if maybe you've heard a lot of the prosperity gospel, like if I do certain things, then God owes me. if I read my Bible, if I pray, if I give financially that that God owes me now, that that I've earned something from him, he's gonna bring more blessing in my life. And I would just remind our listeners, God doesn't owe us anything. You know, Anytime we're obedient to Him, anytime we're serving Him, we're simply doing what we're obligated to do. He is God. We are not. We are His creation. He deserves our obedience for no other reason than that and because He is good. But He will bring more blessing into your life because more time with Him, more experiencing His presence, that is the blessing. Like, that is the blessing. You know, Paul said, it's all worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Paul said, the, the most valuable thing I have is just to know Jesus, just to understand more and more about him. So he will bring more blessing into your life because, again, pre- his presence, experience with them is blessing but he's not obligated to bring more material or physical blessings just because you're developing these spiritual disciplines. And we don't have to look any farther than Job. You know, Job had incorporated spiritual disciplines in his life. He regularly prayed. He regularly offered sacrifices, even for his children. In in fact, the Bible said, as was his practice to do these things are the words that's used in that verse. In other words, that's a very regular habit. It was his practice to do these things. He was purposeful about it. And in spite of that, he went through some incredibly difficult times that God allowed in his life. So I like we have to guard our hearts against having the attitude of the older brother and the parable of the prodigal son. Right if you're familiar with that story when the when the prodigal comes home the older brother says I I've slaved for you all these years and you never threw a party for me you you know you never let me wear the the fancy coat and we don't recognize that the love the father has lavished on us is the blessing
1: James 4 verse 8 says come close to God and God will come close to you you know to that was what the prodigal did the older brother's younger brother the prodigal he had run away from god but as soon as he turned back toward god and as soon as the father in the story saw him the father runs out to him that's such a good picture you know in contrast to the older brother the got the kind of the entitled guy who who wasn't actually interested in relationship he was doing all this work thinking thinking that then his father would owe him something for it And that is not what spiritual disciplines are about. Spiritual disciplines are actually about the relationship that we have with the Father, the relationship that we have with Jesus. And so James said in in chapter four, wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world.
0: Yeah, I know I sound a little bit like a broken record, but that is the blessing. The, the, the spiritual disciplines, again, they're going to bring breakthrough in your lives, guys. They're, they're going to bring fruit to the Spirit. But the blessing is you're going to experience God, that the God of the universe says, hey, you come close to me, I will come close to you. Man, I hope we never take for granted what a miracle that is. Like, How prideful do we have to be to think that we've somehow earned an audience with Almighty God? If your favorite pro sports athlete called you up and wanted to play a pickup game, you'd never feel like you deserved that. Or if your favorite musician you know, called you up and wanted to do a jam session with you, if you're a musician, you would never feel like you deserve that. You would be in awe every minute of the time. And yet, so often we've become entitled with God. We we think we deserve an audience with Him. We We take it for granted. Guys, don't. Don't do that. Don't look beyond the blessing that just being in God's presence is. And I am i mean, just so everybody's clear, I'm speaking to myself too. There are times when I feel entitled. There are times when I don't recognize what a miracle it is that the God of the universe says, hey, John, I know you by name. I've got a plan and a purpose for your life. And if you want to spend time with me, I'd love to spend time with you. That, that's amazing.
1: So John there's one more thing I think we need to talk about by way of introduction to spiritual disciplines again in the weeks ahead men make sure you're tuning in because we're going to get we're going to drill down on some what four or five specific disciplines that you can experience so, you know today we're just kind of giving an overview of of what disciplines are all about but the last thing I want to just I want to speak to and this might be a little bit hard for guys to grasp. So John will have to help unpack this. The secret of breakthrough is a lifestyle. I want guys to hear that word. It's a lifestyle of preparation. It's not a momentary effort. It's it'll be so easy when we think about spiritual disciplines to think about the momentary effort. Momentary effort. It's not about the million little, you know, Um, prayer times you have every morning. It's not about the million, um, you know, times you open up your word. It is about all of those together forming a lifestyle of preparation and what happens out of that. So it's not, it's not like a quick fix. It's not an, it's not an easy button at all. It is, it's, it takes time. It's going to be a long process you're not going to have immediate breakthrough, man, necessarily. You probably not at all. Spiritual disciplines what they're going to do over time is they're going to help you to retrain your automatic responses to everyday life. So don't think that okay, if as soon as I start implementing these spiritual disciplines, man, like 2 days later, my wife is going to notice it and it's just going to like change everything and everything's going to get better. So it really is a lifestyle. It's a new it's like a new way of doing life. John, I remember a few years back, I started having panic attacks and all this crazy stuff in my life that I'd never experienced before. And I've actually talked to a lot of men who have experienced the same thing. And I remember as I was reading about this, what what do I do? How do I overcome this anxiety all of a sudden that I'm feeling and that I'd never experienced? Over and over, I kept reading in books that you need to change your lifestyle. There's not a pill you can take. There's not a quick fix. Over and over, I kept reading, you need to change your lifestyle. And spiritual dif- disciplines were the biggest part of that lifestyle change.
0: I read a couple of different articles as we were prepping for this today on just how long does it take to form a habit? How long does it take to form a discipline? And unfortunately, there wasn't a consensus. I, every article had a different number, but, but the more I read and, and when I looked at some that had larger test groups, 60 to 70 days of repetition is, is kind of the point they came to, that that's how long it takes of you doing something day after day after day repetitively until it becomes automatic, until it's just your natural habit. It's part of what you do. So it does take time, guys. And, and this, isn't, this isn't a parachute. So spiritual disciplines aren't something that when the plane is going down and our life is is crashing around us all of a sudden we can we can put on the parachute and jump no spiritual disciplines are the are the preventative maintenance we did on the plane all throughout the year so day after day after day we're checking the engine you know we're checking the wings where that that's what spiritual disciplines are it's not what we go to in an emergency because life has fallen down around us
1: And so Paul said this, 1 Timothy 4, train yourself. I love that word, train. Uh, You know, I want that contrast, the word training with the word trying. It's not about trying. It's about training. Train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. That's that's, That's really probably the theme verse for this whole series. Physical training is good. You're, you know, some of you guys go to the gym every day or every other day. You're really good at that and you don't actually do any spiritual training. You don't have the same discipline with your spiritual life as you do with your physical life or maybe even the way you eat. And what what Paul is saying is he's and he's talking to Timothy, this young guy. He's like, "Look, train yourself. Be committed to a different kind of lifestyle."
0: And after verse 8, Paul goes on to say, this is why we work hard and continue to struggle. Now those sound like manly terms. Maybe you didn't connect, maybe you didn't connect with the being at the beginning, but we all know, guys, we all know about working hard, about struggling. You know, it takes effort. But I I just want to stress again, Brian, because I don't want guys to, to misunderstand this. We're not struggling to earn God's approval here. We're, we're, not, we're not contending so that God will love us. We already have approval through Christ. The struggle is to develop these new habits. We're struggling to put to death sin and the pleasures of our flesh because there's that that battle with our old nature, even though we're a new creation. And it's interesting to me, Paul says, Hey, Timothy, there are benefits in this life and in the life to come when we develop these disciplines. And I don't think he's just talking about salvation. You know, you you might say, well, yeah, there's going to be benefits in the life to come because we're saved. I I think it's more than that. There's something in the way that we develop our relationship with God and our intimacy with Him that actually impacts our experience in heaven. Now, again, I don't know exactly what that looks like. Someone smarter than me is going to have to explain that, but It it seems pretty clear to me in the Bible that heaven is not exactly the same for everyone. Now, it's amazing for everyone. I mean, it's it's more than you've ever experienced for everyone. But there's something about the way I've developed my relationship with God, that I've developed these disciplines that lead to knowing Him more and more, that's going to impact my experience in the next life. And just like we don't see immediate results from our physical training, Right, when you guys do start going to the gym, we all, you know, that first week you just hate it. You're sore everywhere, you hurt everywhere, and you don't look any different. You look exactly the same. It takes time. It's it's the same with these spiritual disciplines. We're not going to see immediate results, so don't be discouraged. If it hurts a little bit, like the physical training, stick with it. And don't forget, the primary goal is to connect to the vine. The primary goal, the primary blessing is the experience of more time with God, of hearing from him. The fruit will eventually come if we stay connected. And I think practically, so maybe just one moment here to be practical. This means you're going to have to be intentional about setting aside time for these disciplines. Now, again, we're not... We're not getting into the specific disciplines until starting with our next podcast, our next episode, but but for all of them, all the disciplines we're going to talk about, if you don't set time on the calendar to do them, you, you probably won't get to them much. So be intentional about setting aside time to develop these.
1: A couple more verses here as we finish, John. Colossians 3, starting in verse 5, it says, So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. And then verse 10 says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. This, that's a good way to think of spiritual disciplines. It's putting on your new nature. You have these old habits from your old sinful nature, but Paul says, put on your new nature.
0: Yeah, countless studies have shown that when you're trying to eliminate a bad habit, your chances of success go way up if you replace it with a good habit versus just kind of leaving the space, you know, leaving a void. So if we want to get rid of these earthly things that lurk within us that Paul is talking about, then we're going to have more success if we replace them with things that lead to life. And and I would submit that these spiritual disciplines are things you can replace those bad habits with that lead to life. Uh, the word picture Paul uses of putting on this new nature, it, it's like putting on a new change of clothes. So it, it should be obvious to all those who look at us that there's something different. Now, again, it it's going to take time before we consistently bear the fruit. It's going to take time to instill these spiritual disciplines. But when you and I come to Christ, there should be something about us, this new nature that that gets people's attention. And then we have this cool picture of, of Paul says that we'll be renewed as we learn to know our Creator, So I think there's a biblical theme throughout Scripture that as you get to know God, especially you know once we've put our faith in Christ, as we get to know Him, we become more like Him. So again, it just goes back to, if we're connected, we will bear fruit."
1: All right, we've got time for one more verse. I love this verse, Romans 12:2: "Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world." But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So that's really what we're talking about with breakthrough spiritual disciplines. It's about being connected to the vine so that God can transform us into new people. And part of the way he does that is he changes the way we think that this connection to him this transformation impacts it all it's almost like it even rewires our brain, which is what we're learning a lot with habits and neuroplasticity. Is is there something there's something there that actually fundamentally changes even the way we think?
0: Yeah, there are lots of habits and behaviors that we could copy from the world. It it's so easy to fall into just what everyone else is doing, but this passage reminds us to let God transform us into a new person by changing the way we think. And one of the benefits of that is then we will know what God's will is for us. His, his will is good and it's pleasing and it's perfect. So if you want to look more like the world, you know, do what the world does. If you want to look more like Jesus, incorporate some of these spiritual habits that we're going to talk about over the next four, four episodes And a couple of them are even going to be contrary to the world's wisdom. You know, I don't want to give away too much. One of the ones we're going to talk about is pacing. And for a man in today's culture, that's probably the last thing the world would tell you to do. The world would say, go, 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 get it, get it, get it. You know, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. But we're we're going to talk about some things that are contrary to the world's wisdom. But I I don't want to look more like the world, Brian. I want to look more like Jesus. So the series is called... Breakthrough Disciplines, men, go get
1: it. Go go find this series at PursueGod.org forward slash Breakthrough. Bring your son through it, dads. Go through it with your men's group. Maybe husbands, sit down with your wife and say, let's do this series. Let's spend these five weeks together. There's, there's the podcast episode there every week. There's a video if you want to see that as well. And then there's discussion questions as always. Check it out and really learn the ancient secret spiritual disciplines.